you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas, 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shout-outs, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout-out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you can respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family. Welcome to episode 31 of Skiba News Nation. We got a great show for you today. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and today we're going to be talking about controversial visit to Temple Mount. FAA resumes flights after nationwide system failure. Dr. Mercola challenges Pfizer board, an all-new Opus Corner. And for history, we're going to be talking about James Randi, 2022 Joe Biden gaffes, and some wise words from my dad, Rob Skiba. Memes and much more, so stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my great co-host, who I couldn't and wouldn't do the show without, Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. Jeremiah, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm no longer in a, like a house. We're back at the studio, so it's good to be in our regular location. Yeah, it looks good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, ready to dive right in. We, we I know we got a good episode you guys today so i'm excited to jump right let's in do let's do it man All right, I got a snazzy new little intro segment there. Uh, I think that's pretty cool, Jeremiah. Thanks for throwing that in. Well, shout out um, to Jerry Ward. So <laughs> Jerry Ward. Jerry Ward. That. Yeah, 
Somebody watches He's the show. He's been sending quite a few things over some uh, the intro clips and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Thank you, Jerry. That was cool. All right, to get into today's news, uh, we are going to be discussing a little bit of interesting, uh, kind of uh, biblically significant, prophetically interesting news. And because we're going to be doing that, I wanted to start us off with reading through some portions of Matthew 24 and a few other verses that are very important. And, uh, and this is significant because as we see things play out on the world stage, there's always the possibility that we're seeing fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Uh, now, I, I'm, I definitely believe that there are things happening in the world that are scary and you know crazy and depressing news. But if we can remind ourselves that you know the scriptures kind of forewarn us to be prepared for all of these things— uh, it's a great place to be at because we're we're told not to be afraid, right? right? So let's go ahead and start over here in Matthew 24, and uh, and it'll, so this will set us up for our news story. And uh, just starting here in verse, the signs of the times, we'll start here in verse 3 of Matthew 24. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Yeshua answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, but there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginning of birth pains. And of course, this is something that we're seeing quite often, you know, Wars and rumors of wars and nation against nation uh, mentioned just like the U Ukrainian conflict with Russia, uh, talking about the past 20 years of Middle Eastern warfare and all the kind of drama over there. Uh, this is definitely something that we could probably say, hey, I, I think this is happening right now, right? Mm -hmm. These wars and rumors of wars, uh, not to mention the famines and, and plagues. And, um, and this says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And, this is uh, something that ties into what we're going to be seeing today in the news is, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let those who is on the housetops not go down to take what is in the house. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. For And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight not be in the winter or on a Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand, 
So if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Uh, wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. So just a few elements to pick out here that are significant for what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we have false Christs and false prophets and deception coming on the world in the last days. And a warning from the Messiah that uh, there's a significant event uh, tied to uh, a text uh, written by the prophet Daniel regarding the abomination of desolation. And, and a few weeks ago, I think it was on Virtual House Church, I mentioned on the show also, but the Hanukkah season, uh, re remembering the Maccabean revolt against the Greek king, uh, there was a specific event that happened there uh, that the temple, the second temple was desecrated. And so for a recurring pattern of this to happen in the future, there likely would need to be a third temple. And so when we see news about uh, a temple possibly happening or or the, the uh, nation state of Israel opening up the temple mount for a third temple to be built or for Jews to start going up there and, and worshiping, these are all precursors to a possible fulfillment of these prophecies. And one of the other significant things is that um, no one knows the day and the hour, right, that the end will come. But we have all these signs. And, and he reminds us, but concerning the day and hour, no one knows, down here in verse 36, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they were aware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. So uh, what's interesting here is uh, whenever we see all of these things line up, we, we see uh, the, the genetic manipulation of mankind through medical experiments. We see uh, GMO products. These are things that can be related to the days of Noah in today's time frame. And these are all signs that point to, uh, you know, the, the end of time as we know it, right? Yep. And so one of the, the things here uh, also is just the, the aspect that we want to be prepared um, and we don't want to be caught unaware uh, because verses like Revelation 16 remind us, behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may be, not go about naked and be seen exposed. And of course, there's two things to this, you know, staying awake. Uh, could be, you know, being aware of the events happening on the world, which is why we're about to look into this uh, current event, uh, this new story of a uh, a right wing uh, board member of uh, a cabinet member of Israel's government uh, starting to petition for the Jewish community to be able to go up to the th the Temple Mount, which is stirring up drama with the UN, and and these things are news stories that we can be aware of. Uh, and other, you know, news topics that we can be aware of, of how, hey, I think we're getting closer to the return of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And not only that, but there's the phrase here, keeping your garments on. And when we read through the first three chapters of Revelation, this is all in reference to your personal walk, your faith, your righteousness, uh, and and not falling back into our sinful ways um, and getting distracted by the world, but keeping 
our our walk, you know, keeping the race on, right? Because we're not promised tomorrow. But know this, uh, Matthew 24, 43, but know this, that the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not let his house be broken into. I mean, if people knew the end of the world was nigh and it was actually nigh, I mean, there's so much desensitization because there's always the doom and gloom, end of the world person, right? But if if people get complacent, then it comes and surprises them. And that's why we don't want to be complacent. That's why we want to pay attention to the news and we want to be prepared uh, as things draw closer and, and biblical prophecy starts playing out before our eyes. First Thessalonians 5.2, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Um, but First Thessalonians 5.4, you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. And, uh, and as long as, you know, we have our foundation in the Messiah, believing on him through faith, and, and we, we walk out the word in our life, we have that solid foundation. So when the world starts falling down around us and it gets scary and there's terrible news and there's all these conspiracies against mankind, there's something that we can stand on and, and, you know, uh, presenting the news, of course, it's really hard to catch all of the different stories uh, that come by. It, it, to be, uh, you know, a watchman of everything is almost impossible, right? But um, I know that if I stand on the foundation, right, I stand on my faith and I, and I walk out, you know, my beliefs in the word and, and that will help guide me and and hopefully you know our audience if if they can uh understand the importance of what i'm sharing that will help guide you through all of these deceptions and and things that are happening on the world because there's a warning that even the very elect could be deceived if it were possible you don't want to be those people like in the days of noah that were just partying it up right up to the end not even given a care and then they were swept away so uh, let's go ahead and uh, and bring up our first news story. Now, this is some interesting kind of biblically prophetic news uh, from coming out of the Middle East. And let's see this clip here. Two days after taking office, Israel's new national security minister made a rare visit to the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound in Jerusalem. The site is revered by both Muslims and Jews who call it the Temple Mount and has for decades been at the center of tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. Nick Schifrin has more on the visit and why it's so controversial. Surrounded by security, an Israeli cabinet member walks on one of the holiest sites on earth. National Security Minister Itmar Ben-Gavir spent 15 minutes on the Al-Aqsa compound, which Israelis call the Temple Mount for the ancient temples that once stood here. In a government which I'm a member of, there won't be racist discrimination and Jews will visit the Temple Mount. For decades, under what is known as the status quo, non-Muslims can visit but aren't supposed to pray. Muslims consider the site the third holiest in Islam, from which Muhammad ascended to heaven. Today, Arab governments that have normalized relations with Israel issued condemnations. Jordan, which administers the site, summoned the Israeli ambassador and called the visit a, quote, break-in. The United Arab Emirates accused Ben Gavir of, quote, storming the compound. Hamas, which runs Gaza, warned of violence. 
This provocative behavior by the right-wing government will open the door wide for real waves of escalation. And the Palestinian Authority accused the Israeli government of trying to change the status quo. We call on all our people to confront those raids that aim to turn the shrine into a Jewish temple. State Department spokesman Ned Price also urged Israel not to change longstanding policy. We oppose any unilateral actions that undercut the historic status quo. They are unacceptable. Today, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a statement he is, quote, committed to strictly maintaining the status quo without changes on the Temple Mount. And in an NPR interview last month, Netanyahu vowed his coalition would play by his terms. They're joining me. I'm not joining them. I'll have two hands firmly on the steering wheel. Ben Gavir is a senior member of that right-wing coalition. He's called for some Arabs to be expelled from Israel and was convicted of supporting a terrorist organization in 2007. The coalition has also called for annexation of the occupied West Bank. Today in Bethlehem, Palestinians buried a teenager they say was killed by Israeli soldiers. Last year was the deadliest year for Palestinians in the West Bank since 2004. All right, so once again, uh, significant news, primarily because there's been a lot of push for uh, the Third Temple to be built. Uh, there's so much news over the past year of them gathering the necessary instruments and uh, practicing the process of reinstituting sacrifices, and this is all tied to the text we read in Matthew 24, which is uh, the abomination of desolation coming in the future. There needs to be a temple, right? Supposedly. I mean, there's a lot of different positions in eschatology on how the end times will play out. Mm -hmm. But what we should be is not stuck on one idea or the other, but rather aware of all the different horses in the race, right? And so that's why I wanted to share that video is that it, it's, it's really interesting to me that they've maintained for nearly 70 years what they called the status quo, right, which is basically a racist uh, you know, thing where people of the Jewish persuasion of faith can't go up to the Temple Mount and pray, right, w which is just you know, crazy. Uh, and, and whenever they escalate this to the UN uh, and all the different people involved with condemning you know, it, it just it starts the fireworks that would be necessary for changes to happen in the relationship, uh, you know, there in Israel with the Temple Mount and 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 opening the door for a possible reinstitution of uh, a temple or uh, practices of people of the Jewish faith. And, you know, the significance, once again, is that we're just paying attention to uh, these stories and um you know, there's a couple other little, I know I've been <laughs> going through a lot of scriptures today, uh, more than we usually do on Skiba News Nation. But, you know, once again, we can look at all the news in the world, but if we're not um, focused on the importance of the truth that we find in the word of Yah, I mean, we can get really depressed and bogged down by all these sad stories uh, and all the conspiracies against mankind. But We've already been forewarned that this is supposed to happen, and and that's why you know I wanted to bring it up. So, for what is your life? It is even a vapor, appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. And you know, our, 
we're not promised tomorrow. So even if the end times or, you know, whatever are not, you know, this year or in, even in five years or in 10 years, mm-hmm. each of us, you know, has a life to live. And that's why it's so important for us to, you know, look inwardly and, and work on our relationship with our creator, work on our, our, our life because, you know, we're not promised tomorrow, but uh, we can be watchmen on the wall to prepare because we do know that sometime, we don't know when, but at some time, these things are going to come to pass. Why are people so sad, right? Why are many people really sad, mom? Well, we're living in a fake environment with fake food, fake news, and fake people, and it's slowly poisoning our souls. Mm-hmm. But there is hope, right? The hope is, you know, faith in Yeshua, faith in redemption, uh, faith that there's a plan for mankind. And it's not all just hellions running the world in the ground as the new world order, you know, kicks us into slave mode, right? There's hope. And, and that's why, you know, sometimes we need to focus on kind of the spiritual aspect of navigating through the terrible news of the world. So if the truth makes you uncomfortable, don't blame the truth. Blame the lie that made you comfortable. Now, of course, we see the the opposite with media recently and censorship where they are hiding the people that are sharing the uncomfortable truths and they're just going, nah, 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 nah. That's a terrible place to be in because as people are lulled into false security, uh, a false sense of just everything's going to be all right, uh, you know, the government, the medical establishment, they have it all figured out. They have my best interests at heart. Wake up, right? It's, that's mm-hmm. not the case. So uh, I thought this interesting. I think I've shared this in a, a previous episodes, but uh, this meme said, I read old books because I would rather learn from those who built civilization than those who tore it down. And uh, And this goes hand in hand with this other one, which is, Ditch the man cave and bring back the study, right? <laughs> Education, intelligence, thoughtfulness, logic, wisdom, kindness, and the ability to communicate are far sexier than self-indulgent materialism any day. The focus of uh, our culture right now is to distract us, to entertain us, to keep our minds off of the crazy things that they're slipping under the radar, right? But hopefully our audience... We will be the watchmen to to keep an eye on the things that are going on in the world. And so this brings us to our next story. Uh, We have flight cancellations happened this week all across America. It's interesting, uh, uh, some kind of tech issue, but check this video out. All right, Ginger, thank you. We begin with breaking news. Air travel gradually returning to normal this morning after an FAA computer outage grounded flights nationwide. Hey, Tilly's Andy Rose Ramos live for us at LAX with the latest updates. Andy Rose, good morning. Megan, good morning to you. We are at American Airlines Terminal. We understand that this system outage is not only affecting flights here at LAX or in our region, it is a nationwide outage, as you mentioned earlier. And behind me, you can see at an American long lines and equally, equally high frustration right now from passengers. We just heard a gentleman asking employees here where his bags are. He was trapped on an airplane for over four hours for an 11 p.m. midnight flight, and he 
had no idea what was going on. He heard from pilots that this all has to do with the FAA. As you mentioned before, the FAA saying they are having a system outage. It has to do with what is called their um, system that sort of manages their air traffic control and tells pilots whether or not they can leave the terminals. Now, here in an FAA tweet, their latest update saying normal air traffic operations are resuming gradually across the U.S. following an overnight outage to that notice to air mission system that provides safety into into flight crews. The ground stop has been lifted. We continue to monitor the situation. Now, we've been speaking to passengers all morning long. One of them is Amanda. Amanda, I know that you are trying to get to Thailand on a yes. flight that left a long time ago or was yes. supposed to and didn't. Tell us yes. what happened. So I got here, checked in as normal. Everybody was very, very kind. Um, we boarded the flight as normal, and then we sat on the flight and kept getting alerts on our phone that it was delayed. It was delayed while we were on there. Um, the crew kept trying to give us as much information as they could, I believe. And finally, they departed us after being on the plane for many hours. Um, when we got off, no one really could give us guidance on, do we get our luggage? Do we not get our luggage? What do we do? Do we stay here? Do we leave? They started giving vouchers out to everyone that they could for hotels, so it made us think that we weren't going to leave. So they pushed us all the way back till 6. Many of us sat in the lobby of the, by the gate, and they pushed us back till 6, and then they canceled the flight. So I've been standing in three or I've gone through three lines trying to get updated, and they can't rebook right now because they don't know what the system is. Um, they can't make changes. The flights are all full. So I'm just trying to figure out, do I go home? Do I stay? What do I do? I need to get to Thailand for my business or for business meetings. And I really don't know where to go. Getting our luggage was a long line. Everybody's luggage was dumped into one place and we had to stand in line and um, they were bringing them out one bag at a time. I'm so sorry. It's been, well, I see you have your luggage now. I Best do. of luck on getting Thank to Thailand. You, so you know, Amanda, Megan and Chris is just one of so many passengers we've been hearing from right now. You can see back here at American Airlines, long lines, so much frustration. We are live at LAX and we'll send it back to you guys in the studio. How interesting that uh, not only was there many flight cancellations uh, during the big snowstorm that happened several uh, weeks back, but we also have more cancellations and flight travel issues. Um, and while I I'm not saying what it means or anything, uh, definitely we're entering into the age where technical difficulties, right, definitely can influence and impact people's lives. And especially when you think about the push for electric vehicles, uh, I mean, their technical system broke down to the point where all these people were stranded. And, and mm -hmm. in the case of future possible cyber warfare, uh, I mean, when you're depending on technology and the computer systems, right, to get you from point A to point B, whether it's flight, whether it's your electric vehicle, uh, it's all susceptible to attack, right? And and they did say they ruled out cyber attack for this. I don't know what was the issue, but you could see it definitely disrupted most of the people trying to travel this week. Yep, that's what happens when you rely on that kind of technology and it's bound to crash at some point, right? Yeah. The latest news is, is that it was a database corruption Whatever that means. Oh, a database corruption. 
So, you know, once again, you know, we need to be prepared for technology to not always service the way we want it to. And it's just interesting news. Um, but this brings us in, into our next story, which is, of course, a topic that we've covered regularly on this show, sometimes successfully, sometimes to the uh, censorship of our episode. Um, but uh, this uh, YouTube video was actually put out by a uh, redacted YouTube channel. And it's still up. So hopefully sharing it with you guys, this interview with Dr. Peter McCullough, who slams a board member of Pfizer for their censorship and their uh, propaganda against the uh, the world, pretty much um, pushing their monetary motivations forward. So let's check out this news story. Well, joining us now to talk about these Pfizer censorship revelations is author of Courage to Face COVID, a remarkable book. You should all read it. Renowned cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. Doc, welcome back to the show. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. So I would flip on CNBC in the morning sometimes to see some of the business news. And just about every stinking morning, I would see Dr. Scott Gottlieb on the show uh, on a regular basis, on a daily basis to get their daily COVID update. So we learn in these Pfizer documents, we learn in these Twitter documents, just the lengths that he was going to try to censor voices, particularly around natural immunity. So doc, let's start there on the natural immunity piece. That's the part that really stood out to me. Clayton, I can tell you, <clears throat> I was appalled at what I learned. You know, I'm a frequent contributor on Fox News, Newsmax, many stations. I do it all pro bono. I don't receive a dollar for doing this. And we learned that former FDA chairman, Scott Gottlieb, who's young and he's under accomplished as an academic physician. He uh, certainly isn't at my level of standing. Uh, you could tell he was ripe to go on the take. And uh, we learned now that he was being paid $365,000 a year for Pfizer by, by Pfizer, uh, had a frequent contributor contract with CNBC. And he was going on in a near, almost a daily basis from his uh, garden patio, if you remember, through the mm -hmm. uh, pandemic. I watched it too. And uh, Andrew, Becky, and Joe and, and CNBC took it hook, line, and sinker everything he said. And he misled the country regarding uh, natural immunity, regarding the pandemic, juicing the country with fear, and then juicing and ginning up interest and almost certainly investment in Pfizer for the So he on Twitter, of course, in response to some of these revelations is now defending himself saying, well, I was just m merely trying to uh, quiet some of the uh, some of the people who are being mean to me personally, basically. Do you buy that line? Let me tell you what, if he thinks he's uh, received some mean treatment on Twitter, there are so many esteemed scientists, including myself, who are suspended for no reason, we're constantly uh, attacked. We've had unfollow programs, unlisting uh, programs, back, back, blacklisting, shadow banning. We faced it all. <clears throat> Gottlieb defrauded America for the profits of Pfizer. That's what we've learned. He was actually communicating with Twitter and they were doing it. They were silencing scientists who were bringing forward important information on natural immunity. It mattered because the whole world was getting COVID and people who were recovered they needed to know what to expect, and Gottlieb deceived the world on this. If people tuned in to CNBC, a mom who was at home with her kids, maybe the kids were home sick from school that day, and she flips on CNBC, and she sees this, this doctor who's telling her, go out, get your children 
go out, get these booster shots, do all of these things. Uh, I mean, who knows what happens to those families in, in those situations, but they're trusting this person that they're putting on the air as a, as a doctor's, you know, fair and impartial, uh, impartial voice in this, but he's not at all. He's not. In fact, being a former FDA commissioner now is used as a, as a false title. It's used as a pretext for government honesty and integrity that, that he would carry honesty and integrity from a government position into a paid board member position. And we've now seen this with uh, his, uh, the, the commissioner that followed him, Stephen Hahn, who joined the in, uh, investment capital firm for Moderna. We had Rick Bright inside the White House, joins the Rockefeller Foundation. There is a very, very deep and corrupt collusion, conflict of interest between industry and our uh, public health agencies. And the mechanism is but basically these inner relationships that occur when people are in office to get their next job after they leave office. And I'll get you out here on this, Doctor. He's not the only one. I mean, there's a long history here of this cozy relationship with FDA, former former heads of the pharmaceutical, the biopharmaceutical complex, right? It, it's true. It, it, this has happened for a very long time. Uh, we know the media now is complicit, but the, the media itself took money from the COVID-19 Community Core Program. Remember, in early 2021, the White House and the Health and Human Services floated out $13 billion to the media, sports teams, churches, uh, other groups. And we know now there's a listing of nearly 4,000 major media outlets that took federal money to push the government false narrative. And I can tell you that you just follow the money on this one. It's both Pfizer and the US government uh, colluding with the media Everyone here is culpable. America should never trust a former FDA official in any capacity in the media. Wow. Well, we'll have you back on as soon as we get the Fauci files. I'm going to be calling. I'll be, I'll be calling your cell phone, Doc. <laughs> we'll have you back on here as soon as we can. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, great work as always. Thank you so much for being a voice of reason. And uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Wow. Wow. Some very significant statements there such as he defrauded the american mm -hmm. people he defrauded the world and not only that but don't trust them anymore you know and it's because there's a monetary motivation behind a lot of the information we're being fed by the media guys wake up it's so significant what we're talking about and it's getting banned all over the place because they're putting money in the pockets of the people that are turning off the spigot of media and social you know attention and, uh, and this brings us to, uh, you know, some funny little memes here. Uh, you know, we covered last week the NFL uh, star who collapsed on the field suddenly. Uh, and I thought it was funny. And just like that, the NFL was okay with everyone praying on the field again, right? Everybody pray <laughs> for this athlete that collapsed suddenly. Um, but, you know, guys, there's a reason people all over the place are collapsing uh, and having these uh, – these medical situations arise. What's the huge elephant in the room? It dies suddenly, yeah. right? Um, you know, died suddenly is actually something you guys should look into. It's a very interesting documentary. It's on uh, our Patreon. I don't even know if, yeah. Uh, yep. It's on our Patreon. So go over there and check it out. It will 
uh, kind of open your eyes if you are still very skeptical about why people don't trust the pharmaceutical megalomaniacs, right? Um, <laughs> what about Nuremberg? You've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second Nuremberg? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, let's look over here at this article that was posted by the U UK government. And they said, on this day, two years ago, the first J was administered in the UK. Since then, we've given over $151 million to protect people from getting seriously ill from the virus. Book your winter, you know what, today, if you're eligible, yee-hoo! And uh, what I wanted to share about this was not their propaganda, right, from the NHS.UK, mm -hmm. you know, pushing people to go and participate in their winter program. What gives me hope is scrolling down on their post and seeing the comments of people, you know, calling out what's going on. Why not show the numbers of people's lives destroyed or murdered by this fraud? Uh, <laughs> nope. Couldn't pay me to take it. Murdering and injuring people isn't a celebration. This is sick. Uh, now everyone here that has stood against the machine, let us keep that same perseverance going when they make their next move. Like, guys, just out of, like, what is it, 48,000 comments, most of them are people warning of the souls lost from this and all that are damaged, right? Like, it actually gives me hope. Look at this, guys. Um, it, it's, I mean a thousand plus likes on some of these comments uh man it, it, it's it's just amazing that they are hiding the fact that humanity as a whole at least you know a, a small minority that isn't participating or those that did participate but actually had to deal with the adverse effects they are speaking up and yet there's still this onslaught of censorship and propaganda coming on the stage. And, uh, man, anyway, so I just wanted to show, share that with you guys. It's crazy. Like, I'm friends with Dr. Richard Bartlett, who's really great friends with Dr. Mercola. And they try to demonize them for trying to help people, for trying to help people. And, uh, like, I was on Dr. Bartlett's show, and he said he would come on this show, by the way. But when I was on his show, I was going to try to share it with our viewers and I was too scared to post it on YouTube because what do they do? They'll give us a strike for talking about anything yeah. that they don't agree with. So it is on our rumble, but it's just crazy to me that they demonize people that try to help and they, they promote the people that, you know, are trying to end us. Exactly. And, and you know, for our audience, just a reminder that, Anything you see on YouTube is probably heavily redacted and censored even on our end because we we don't want to get shut down on YouTube. So if you go over to Patreon and if you go over to Rumble and these other platforms, you can find some of our more uncensored content exposing some of these topics. So uh, that's all the news I had for us today, Jeremiah. Thanks for checking it out. Well, thanks, Jake, for the great current news as always. Now I think it's time for an all-new Opa's Corner. Take it away, Opa. My hoot, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut.
So, let's get started with this week's stories. A young woman teacher with obvious liberal tendencies explains to her class of small children that she is an atheist. She asks her class if they are atheists too. Not really knowing what atheism is, but wanting to be like their teachers, their hands explode into the air like fireworks. There is, however, one exception. A girl named Lucy has not gone along with the crowd. The teacher asks her why she has decided to be different. Because I'm not an atheist. Then, asks the teacher, what are you? I'm a Christian. The teacher is a little perturbed now, her face slightly red. She asks Lucy why she's a Christian. Well, I was brought up knowing, loving Jesus. My mom is a Christian, my dad is a Christian, so I'm a Christian. The teacher is now angry. That's no reason, she says loudly. What if your mom was a moron and your dad was a moron? What would you be then? A pause and a smile. Then, said Lucy, I'd be an atheist. <laughs> a new monk arrives at the monastery. He is assigned to help the other monks in copying old texts by hand. He notices, however, that they are copying from copies, not from the original books. So the new monk goes to the head monk to ask him about this. He points out that if there was an error in the first copy, that error would be continued in all of the other copies. The head monk says, We've been copying from these copies for centuries, but you make a good point, my son. So he goes down to the cellar with one of the copies to check it against the original. Hours later, nobody has seen him. So two of the monks go downstairs to look for him. They hear sobbing coming from the back of the cellar and finds the old monk leaning over one of the original books crying. They ask, what's wrong? The word is celebrate, says the old monk. <laughs> Instead of celibate? <laughs> An 80-year-old couple was worried because they kept forgetting things all of the time. The doctor assured them that there was nothing seriously wrong except old age and suggested they carry a notebook and write things down so they wouldn't forget. Several days later, the old man got up to go to the kitchen. His wife said, Dear, give me a bowl of ice cream while you're up. Okay, he said. And put some chocolate syrup on it and a few cherries too, she added. You better write all this down. I won't forget, he said. Twenty minutes later, he came back into the room and handed his wife a plate with eggs and bacon. She glared at him. Now I told you to write it down. I knew you were forget. What did I forget, he asks. She replied, 
my toast. <laughs> and now for the funnies. Said he was trying to save a princess, and that he was being chased by turtles. That's when we checked the glove box and found these mushrooms. Then it all made sense. <laughs> Party. B-Y-O-B. <laughs> Dear Turtle, trying catnip for the first time. When does it kick in? Whoa, it all makes sense now. We're all connected. I want to hug a mouse. <laughs> we will never speak of this again. <laughs> Old school music streaming. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Cornette, Timothy's having trouble keeping up with the rest of the class. He's going to need a tutor. Inconvenience store. Inconvenient. The arena tonight, 60s rock and roll band. Aren't you guys a little old to be listening to a rock and roll band? We are the band. I knew it was a mistake letting you sign up for Amazon Primate. Bananas, 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 bananas. <laughs> Ain't nothing quite so refreshing as the sweet taste of cool, clear, pure water, eh, pard? cat endorsements. So, if you ever get an urge to be active, drink a bottle of five hours Lafargy. Aha! <laughs> uh -huh. Hell's Cafeteria. Wow, these plates are hot! <laughs> While you were out, Bob called, Jeff called, Nature called.
Appliance Healers. I command the foul demons that have clogged this vacuum cleaner to come out! Killed another stuffed animal today. Man, it was sweet. Got the squeak around and everything. <laughs> Why did the cowboy adopt a wiener dog? To get along, little doggy. Disney's Desperate Housewives. My husband is an animal. Mine still drives a pumpkin. My husband leaves me at home with seven little ones. Mine wants me to wear fishnet stockings. I just pretend I'm asleep. Cool. I just sold the dog on eBay. <laughs> Achilles heels. I know I shouldn't, but they're my weakness. Do you know me? I have to deal with lions, wolves, and saber-toothed tigers. That's why I carry one of these. <laughs> oh! Reason for box return. Wrong style. Damaged. They don't fits. They can't sits. <laughs> Let's see if I have this straight. You were cruising past the moon, minding your own business, when this cow suddenly jumped out of nowhere? Thelma's Curiosity Shop. <laughs> More worms? Say, why are you being so nice to me all of a sudden? Honestly, look at the mess. This is the last time I ask you to do the laundry. <laughs> the world's first tool, made by Black and Pecker.
coal mimers. <laughs> this keyboard is too big. This keyboard is too little. Ah, his keyboard is just right. Remember, if the world didn't suck, we'd all fall off. And that concludes Opa's Corner for this week. Mein Hut, der hat drei Ecken, drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. That was great, Opa. Thank you. Good job, Opa. That was a funny one. All right. Well, it's time for some mystery. All right, so for today's history, we're going to be we're going to start off by talking about this man right here. His name is James Randi. He was known as the Amazing Randi, and he started his career as a street magician uh, until he saw people claiming to be sidekicks and uh, kind of using the same tactics that he was using as a magician, and he started calling them out. So I, I kind of want to introduce you to James Randi with this first clip. Tonight on this stage, you are going to meet a man who claims he can move physical objects using only the powers of his mind. All of us are very pleased, not just pleased, but excited to have you with us. Now, you claim to have psychic powers, don't yes. you? Yes, I do. Is this something that you have discovered recently or have you known of it since childhood? How did it all begin? Well, everyone's born with it. It's just a matter of development. What are you going to do, James? I'm going to move a pencil for you. With just psychic Just powers. psychic powers. Very well. Is it true that you can also turn the pages of this telephone directory? Yes, it is. And you will do that for us? I'll try. Should I take the pencil off the table? Yes. All right. There you are, James. You would like to open it to any page, or should you I'll, want me to do it? I'll be happy to. The Amazing Randy maintains that you did not use psychic power, but that it was trickery. And he is prepared to pay you $10,000 if you can do it using psychic power. Here he is, the Amazing Randy! There he is. Randy, Randy, Randy. Now, you saw James' demonstration from backstage. Yes, I did. And do you accept that as a demonstration of psychic power, or do you believe that he used trickery? I don't accept it as a demonstration of psychic power, Bob. I think that the solution is rather simple. 
I think that Mr. Heydrich is merely to accomplish this effect blowing on both the page and on the pencil. And the reason is rather simple, because the pencil reacts to even the currents of the air conditioning in this studio. It will be very difficult to try to put controls on it in such a way that normal currents of air that are present all the time would not move the pencil. For example, it moves very, very easily. All right, you're not going to ask him to do that. That's one down, one to go, James. You are prepared to pay him $10,000 if he can turn the page of the telephone directory with certain controls. Is That's that right? right. Since my theory, as yet unproven, of course, is that it's accomplished simply by blowing, though rather cleverly, I must admit, done, there should be a way, a simple way, without a lot of instrumentation, to demonstrate that fact by using one very simple control. Now, what I have here is particles of a white plastic, which, when given a good puff, good heavy puff of air, will, I think, rather conclusively show whether or not blowing is a method accomplished. Now, it will not, perhaps, in some way, differentiate between genuine psychic power and actual blowing, but it certainly should be very interesting indeed to see what now occurs. James? Ready? You had another question. Mm -hmm. What is it? What would you like okay. to ask? The styrofoam and the lights form electricity, which pulls the page. Look. It pulls the page down instead of freeing the pages. The static is going to still be here because of the foam. See, well, it saying. is the opinion of the judges that there is not enough static form by the, the foam to be a problem. So, uh, under the conditions agreed upon, it uh, would seem that now you should at least try with psychic power to turn the page of the telephone director, James. Okay. This isn't a magician's trick. I can't just come up, bang, bang, and it's over. I have to be to where I can work with something small and then big, you know, to build up my own self. James has not won the $10,000 with this demonstration. So it seems. Now, you have heard what uh, James's explanation is. Do you have any comment to make on that? Bob, the, the comment very briefly is that I have gone through many hundreds of these tests with many hundreds of people who claim to have psychic powers. And quite frankly, it's more or less the same story every time. When a simple, direct, very uncomplicated protocol is used and the control is applied, the psychic forces don't seem to be present, if indeed they are ever present at all. So, now that clip may be funny and silly, but he was very much the Harry Houdini of his generation because he became obsessed with exposing these people that would take advantage and uh, harming people, uh, almost like abusing people through, you know, convincing them that what they were saying was true. And, uh, and this is how crazy it is in that clip, which was probably, Opa, would you say the 70s? 
Yeah, probably late 60s, early 70s. So he started with $10,000 if somebody could prove that they were a sidekick to, by the end of his life, he died in 2020, uh, to a million dollars. And nobody claimed that prize. <laughs> so after becoming obsessed with exposing people like this guy, he became obsessed with disproving this one pastor in particular. His name was Peter Popoff. And James Randi was a frequent guest on the Johnny Carson show. So keep in mind, this next clip, he played live to millions of people on the Johnny Carson show. So let's watch that second clip. I want to be, if I can, as sure of the world, the real world around me, as is possible. But I want the greatest degree of control. I don't, I've never involved myself in narcotics of any kind. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Because that can easily just fuzz the edges of my rationality, fuzz the edges of my reasoning powers. And I want to be as aware as I possibly can. That means uh, giving up a lot of uh, fantasies that might be comforting in some ways. But I'm willing to give that up in order to live in an actually real world, as close as I can get to it. During the 1980s, I entered a world that I found filled with fantasy and rife with abuse, the world of faith healing. I developed a special interest in a television evangelist named Peter Popoff. God told me, he said, you smite that cancer with your fist. At the time, Popoff was pulling in nearly $4 million a year, healing people on his miracle crusades. You've got cancer of the stomach? Are you ready for God to burn that cancer out? Here it goes in the mighty... Devil, back off. Back off, devil! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You really believe you're healed? Yes. Do you think your cancers are gone now? Yes, I believe that because God never lies and we stand in His word. Praise the Lord. I tell you, from now on, you're going to have a soul of victory in your heart. Amen. To his followers, Popoff seemed to have divine powers. Alice, is it Gould? Alice Gould? He knew their names. Stand up, Alice as well as the afflictions they come to cure. God is touching that thyroid condition right now. God is touching your nerves right now. God is touching your eyes. Just lift up your hands, get ready, here it comes. He also knew the personal details of their lives. Your good news from Charles before everything is over, I'll tell you he's gonna be completely delivered because of your prayers, because of your faith. Here it comes, complete healing in Jesus. Ooh, mighty name right now, right now, right now, amen. It's all right to praise the Lord. I suspected that Popoff's revelations were other than divine. The radio scanner we brought to the hall picked up a decidedly worldly source. Hello, Petey. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. Popoff was being prompted by his wife through a wireless earpiece. John? Dearly, Johnson. She'd gotten her information from prayer cards filled out by the faithful before the show began. She wants to get rid of the walker. You want to get rid of this walker, sister? Oh, glory. How long have you been walking on that walk? About three years. Three years. She lives at 1627 10th Street. 1627 10th Street? 
That's right. She has arthritis all over. Burning this arthritis right out of your body. Take a few steps just to make the devil mad. Hallelujah. That's it. Just move around a little bit. There she goes. Just walk with me. Oh, glory to God. She's not going to need that walker anymore. God's just putting new strength, new health. Burning that arthritis out of her body. Just keep going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was able to arrange for another broadcast of the Miracle Crusade on The Tonight Show. But this time, the wireless prompting was included. Peter Popoff, the evangelist, said he was getting the word of God. Randy came to Houston in 1986. Is that the guy that had the earpiece in? Yeah, I found the earpiece. Oh, you found that? That was me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. So Randy was writing a, an article on evangelists. He said, hey, do you want to come see this evangelist with me? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come. So went there, and um, there's about 10,000 people. It's downtown, big auditorium. It was a huge auditorium, you know, all these people sitting around. And uh, Popoff comes out on stage. He starts saying he's getting the word of God. He's telling people their names, information about who their doctors are, what their ailments are, and he's, he starts healing people of cancer, he starts healing people of blindness, people walking again, and it was really, really emotional. Even for me, I had tears in my eyes, but I knew it was all about that I had tears. You knew you were crying? I, when you see a little kid crying and running down the aisle, you know, right. it, it, you, you want to get angry, but at the same time, it's like, it's just so emotional. It's right. just, the, you get caught up in this whole thing. So he asked for people to collect money. He's just asking random people to come up, grab a bucket, go collect money. I got down there. I remember I was like the 15th bucket. I got my bucket. I walk around. I get checks. I got probably about, I don't know how much, 10 grand, 20 grand. I don't know. You know what I've got. I mean money. First of all, get money. As I come back, I hand the bucket up to pop off and I look up and I notice that he's got a piece of plastic in his ear. I go back to Randy and I say, Randy, I said, look, either this man or God, God doesn't like him enough to heal him. And he's got a hearing aid or something else is going on. I don't know what, but something else is going on. And I think that's how he's getting information. So they went out uh, to the next pop-off uh, congregation thing, which was in San Francisco. Got a friend of ours who's an electronics engineer and knows everything about electronics. And he brought this little scanner and dressed up as a security guard, hanging out in the back. And he was scared to death he was going to get caught. Nobody questioned him. He's there in a security outfit. And he scans all the frequencies ahead of time and he blocks out every one of those frequencies that are known frequencies. The moment Popoff hits the stage, a brand new frequency pops up. Hello, Petey. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. In 1987, Peter Popoff declared bankruptcy. Greater is he! Greater is he! Now, Peter Popoff was acting as if he was like a messiah, and Randy exposed him for being a false prophet. And he would call out these kind of people who were lying and they're basically talking heads. I mean, what are your thoughts about it, Jake? Oh, man, it, it's so crazy. Just the hoodwinking that people try to do. And you can tell the, the benefit is attention, monetary benefit. But hey, man, that's what we saw, you know, earlier when I was reading in Matthew 24, you know, many false prophets and many great deceptions and yep. You know, it's it just, it's so sad to see people championing Christianity, but, you know, they turn out to be just swindlers and uh, thieves, pretty much. Absolutely. So this next clip I'm about to show you is more talking heads of today, uh, giving every, like, trying to deceive us. And uh, I put a compilation together of these clips, and then it's combined with a clip of my favorite all-time Biden gaffe. So check this video out. Don't send me your, are you still talking about the insurrection? Yes, and we're gonna to continue to talk about it. They are making fun 
of these remembrances. They are pretending like we are all hysterical. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them, where they were and what they were doing. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. I'm gonna keep talking about it. I'm gonna keep talking about it. Never been a bigger or more important story in American history than this. This is the most important story in the history of the Republic. These January 6th hearings are remarkable. They are riveting. The hearings last night, they were searing, they were vivid. It was compelling, it was chilling. The videos were chilling and it was, It. I think it's going to be historic. This was a historic, compelling hearing. This is very compelling. Uh, television because it's a very compelling hearing and it's compelling it's must-see tv this is treason this is treason this is insurrection <laughs> this is rebellion period i've been texting with a number of sources i was texting people live during the hearing um the words that i was hearing from them were stomach turning riveting compelling one senator told me that he had a lump in his throat as he was watching the video you haven't heard of like the big it was like a a huge you know event that happened horrifying, really scary thing made a lot of people cry. Talking about January 6th today. Okay. Tell me about it. Well, from what I saw, um, might have got a little bit rowdy, but all in all, uh, I wouldn't have been scared to be there even if I was on the inside and had a badge on my chest. Yeah, we're just testing the effectiveness of mm -hmm. the liberal propaganda mm -hmm. to see, because they're trying to turn it into the new 9-11. 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. Watergate is a walk in the park next to the January 6th attack on American democracy. This is the most important and disturbing uh, incident that's ever happened in the 246 years of the American Constitutional Republic. This is so much worse than something like Watergate. What happened on January 6th is so much worse than Watergate. Really? It really is. By a uh, hundred degrees. Orders of magnitude worse than Watergate. Can't stop hearing about January 6th, so tell me what you think. Well, <clears throat> the president gave a rally and told people to go over and peacefully protest and have their voices heard. Yep. A bunch of people went there. There were some agitators amongst them and they went into the Capitol. Many of them were shooed in by the Capitol Police. We got someone here who can think. Since that time, the Democrats have been making more of this than they should, particularly Nancy Pelosi. She never said one word about all the protests that killed police officers in the nine months prior to that. They cheered it. They had funds built up to let people out of jail. But if you protest in Washington, D.C., then they put you in solitary confinement for six months. It's a disgrace. Dick! How are you, pal? Thanks for swearing at me. I tell you what, easy to swear at you. We've got news. The Rashid, Rashid Sanuk is now the prime minister. You're trying your breast, but it never feels like enough. What a stupid son of a bitch. But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway. This woman helped me get an awful lot done. Anyway. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. I'm sick and tired of ordinary people being fleeced. I'm tired of being quiet. Where I'm sick and tired 
I'm just sick and tired. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm sorry to take so long, guys, but everybody knows I like kids better than people. I like kids better than people. Everybody knows I like kids better than people. Thank you, Mr. President. I think you know how much it means to me to have you swear me in today. And I thank you. Trust and confidence. I've got a lot of thanks to give out here. First and foremost, to my perfect wife, Stephanie, my wonderful son, Will, and my daughter, Ava, already mentioned. And you guys can sit at the edge of your wife. You, you, I, I don't want you to have to stand all along, but, but it's up to me. By the way, he gave me permission to touch him. I, I, Expand your capacity is through the partnership that we have, the federal and state government, um, along with local governments. Uh, this, this issue is ongoing each year, as we have discussed, it gets worse. It affects real people. Thank you, Boris. And I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. No matter what their cost, 2, 10, 12, 15, whoops, stepping on them. There's a, that's black. Anyway. Oh, man, this is boring, boring, boring. Isn't this boring, boring, boring? Charlie, this is boring. Come on. I call on you to commit to concrete actions to stop the destruction of this magnificent planet. This conference is one of the most So awkward. Biceps are big as my calves. Look at this. <laughs> there, there's a man. I hope we're on the same side. He's Russian. I don't care who he is. He's got some real biceps. We call them guns.
Mr. President, thank you. At the end of such a momentous event, the word thank you seems kind of inadequate. On the steps we've taken, he said, and I quote, the combination of private enterprise and government working together has been really successful. He went on to say, all the way through the supply chain, there's a lot of innovation. Because of the actions we've taken, things have begun to change. End of quote. In the past three weeks, the number of containers sitting on docks, we're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> you live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems a certain voodoo priest who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? <laughs> Opa found that last clip and I thought it was so fitting. Um, it, it's almost like it, it was funny and now it, it kind of feels like elder abuse after seeing him go on for as long as he has. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I, it's, it's almost sad to see his mental decline and, um, and it's almost like it all, it all connects together. Just the process of trying to hoodwink the American people to push forward, uh, agendas, um, I mean, it's definitely, it's so sad to see that the leader of the free world and his mental decline uh, is just being broadcast to the nations, right? And, mm -hmm. and I know uh, the scriptures talk about how our leaders are put in place by the Most High as a reward or a judgment based on the sins of the people, basically. And man, I can only, you know, begin to imagine how bad, you know, we are to have, you know, gotten a leader like Joe Biden. And and, you know, I, I used to be so funny just to laugh at him, bumble around, but now it's just sad, man. It's just, yep. uh, I, you know, may, you know, may the most high give him a, a spirit of clarity and, you know, be able to see through all the, you know, the, the fog, you know, cause that guy is having trouble. Yeah, he is. All right. Well, so this next clip, this final clip is something I put together. It's very special to me. And it's a video of my dad, Rob Skiba, and I just hope you guys enjoy it. I believe that if we are not directly related to any of the 12 tribes, that we get grafted in. You know, Romans 11 talks about the grafting process, right? So I believe that we get grafted into Ephraim at salvation if we're not already part of the 12 tribes. If we are already part of the 12 tribes by blood, I believe that we, because talk, Paul talks about the um, branches of the cultivated olive tree that have been severed. He talks about that they could be grafted back in. So I don't believe salvation is dependent on bloodline. The only blood that, that gives us salvation is Yeshua's blood. And so if you are already of the 12 tribes of Israel, you have been severed from the cultivated olive tree. Until you accept Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, then you get grafted back in. If you were never part of the bloodline, uh, and you accept Yeshua, I believe that you were grafted in through Ephraim. Um, at least that's my working understanding of it so far. Yeah, I'd like to make a couple real quick comments. First of all, just so, you know, nobody freaks out. Like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily believe anything that has to be genetic or DNA-based, you know, along with you. 
Um, yeah. So I don't think the salvation is dependent upon that. But uh, also, it's interesting. A friend and I have been talking a lot about you know the coming the, the millennial kingdom and different things like that. And you know, uh, it also talks about how um, during those times um, that. The fathers, when they chew their grapes, it won't be passed down anymore. But it, but it'll, it'll sour their own teeth. And how, you know, a son who chews their own their grapes, it'll sour their own teeth and it won't be passed down. I don't know. I'm just thinking about these things in the context. And um, you know, I, I heard a teaching that some people believe that when you're grafted in, you're grafted in uh, into Judah. And I was of the opinion with you that we'd be Ephraim. But the Judah thing is an interesting topic. Uh, interesting teaching as well you know since that's where Messiah came through um Mm -hmm. but yeah 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 I mean mean, that makes sense too because you know we are also uh grafted into the vine so to speak Jesus said I am the vine you're the branches you know uh so so we do get plugged into the vine that is Yeshua and he's of the tribe of Judah so I I mean I'm open to that teaching I you know I'd like to explore it more I don't I don't know a lot about it to talk with any measure of authority on it, um, yeah. but the Ephraim deal makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, either way, I mean, I just want to get grafted into that cultivated olive tree. You know, I don't care what tribe I end up in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Romans 11. Amen for Romans 11 and Galatians 3 and Galatians 4. You know, the adoption process and heirs to the joint heirs. You know, with Christ and heirs to the blessings of Abraham and. All I know is that when New Jerusalem comes down from heaven in Revelation 21, it is described as the bride of the Lamb, who is Christ. So, and it is, it not only is it referred to as the bride uh, of Christ, but it is described in terms of the 12 tribes of Israel. There's no mysterious 13th gate called the church. The church is grafted in. It has nothing to do with replacement theology. Sheila had a 13-year-old son when we when we got married. It, it, her son was 13. I adopted him into my family. He didn't replace me. <laughs> I mean, that's not what adoption is about. He got merged, grafted into the Scuba clan, which means he is heir to anything I have to leave him and uh, privileged to my heritage and the traditions of my family and the things that we do and, you know, whatnot. He, he's part of us. He didn't replace us. So, I mean, the accusations are absurd when people listen to something like the virtual house church and say, oh, Skiba's into replacement theology. You're like, no, I'm not. I'm into adoption and grafting theology. It's the dispensationalists that think the church replaced Israel for 2,000 years. Um, right. But, I, I mean, I say all that to say is, look, I'm I'm excited. Whatever gate I get to walk in through, whether it's Judah or Ephraim, or if by some chance, you know what, I actually have um, AB positive blood, which is uh, one of the rarer blood types, uh, but it is most common in Israel so uh, it's possible you know maybe I I do have Israeli blood going through my veins I don't know but I know I'm grafted in one way or another Romans 7 through 11 is all about us being grafted into the cultivated olive tree Ephesians 2 is about us being adopted into the family that is Israel so when I came off of dispensation theology and came to understand the grafting and adoption process, really as a result of marrying Sheila, because she had a 13-year-old son when we got married, and I adopted him into my family and gave him my name. 
So he was not a Skiba, now he is a Skiba. All of a sudden, Hosea is making perfect sense to me, and where Paul is quoting Hosea in Romans 7 through 11, I'm going, okay, I'm getting it. This is not replacement theology. People want to hear what I'm saying and, and accuse me of a replacement theology. That's not replacement. Jeremiah, my son, was a Garcia. Now he's a Skiba. He didn't replace me. He just like grafted into my family and is now heir to whatever my family has to offer him. And, you know, to whatever degree he wants to participate in it, he can pass on the legacy of the Skiba, you know, because that's who he became. He didn't replace me. He became part of my family. I don't know about you guys, but I'm there. I am trembling in awe of Yahuwah and his goodness. But through the actual practical experience that I went through in my life, I have some small understanding of what was going on here. And then a number of years later, Yahuwah restored and brought me my bride. I said, my picker is broken. I'm not picking the next one. <laughs> you, you, you're going to have to pick the next one because I can't pick right. So uh, he did. He, he, he brought me into a full-time ministry. I became a missionary in January of 2004. And a few months later, uh, interesting, August, a new beginning, eighth, eighth month, August. <laughs> so that's cool, man. In the eighth month, there, 2004, uh, he brought the woman who would become my bride-to-be into my life. And she had a 13-year-old son when we got married. And so I adopted him. And he was not a Skiba. Now he is a Skiba. I get it. Right? I was not a people. Now I am a people. My son didn't change his DNA. He has Garcia DNA going through his blood. But I have given him a new identity. He wears my name on his baseball jersey. He is heir to anything I have to leave for him and anything my family has to offer is his. He is free to participate in every tradition my family has ever started if he so chooses. He can go the route of following his biological father if he wants. But I have given him a new identity that he can choose to accept. I believe that's exactly what's happened with us. And I thank God for the things, because I always said I didn't want kids. I love kids, I actually really love kids, but I know the style of life that I have always had. I'm always on the go, I'm always traveling. And my dad was a nine to fiver. My dad was always there for me. And I, I always said if I was going to be a dad, I wanted to be the kind of father my father was. But I knew that the type of lifestyle that I have and the, and the ministry that I'm called to, I couldn't be that. But I end up marrying a woman who has a 13-year-old son, so I, I didn't have to do all that diapers and all the, you know, you know. I am now more on the coach side of things and can be the friend side of things and can be that for my son. But, you know, he's 22 now, so he's off and doing his own thing, so I'm still free to travel. So God worked it all out and then taught me a pretty powerful lesson as, as to who I am in him through this, through this whole situation right here. When you start to look at this from a different angle from what we're being fed in mainstream media. This is a lie. This is a controlled narrative. This is what they want you to believe. And the fact that I saw so many Christians just hook, line, and sink or line up for whatever the media told them to do this last go around, that was terrifying to me. The disciples asked Yeshua, what's it gonna be like in the last days? Right. First thing he says is, don't let no man deceive you. But then later, uh, he says that the, that the last days would be like the days of Noah. Now, that begs the question, what differentiates the days of Noah from any other time in human history? Genetic manipulation. 
you get what I call the Genesis 6 experiment. And that's when 200 watcher class angels, according to the book of Enoch, landed on Mount Hermon in the days of Jared. And this is Genesis 6, 1 through 4, where the sons of God came down as the daughters of men, and they had children that became known as the Nephilim, who were giant offspring um, of the angels. And it gets so bad, all flesh had become corrupted, that the Creator had only one choice, and that's to wipe out everything and start over again. He did so with Noah, who was found righteous in his generations. The Hebrew word used there is tamim, that's pure in his genetics, like a pure red heifer, same word is, is used there. So uh, I believe that the genetic tampering that was taking place, especially specifically in the last 120 years leading up to the flood, was the reason for the flood. And that's what Genesis 6.12 says, the earth and all flesh had become corrupted. How did it become corrupted? It became corrupted through genetic manipulation. Genetic manipulation, what we now refer to as transhumanism. I want to know what the truth is. You know, I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody would, you know, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you could respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. You know, because we are living in a sea of lies right now. And right now, the Bible is my only compass in a sea of lies. I just want to share with you guys my thoughts and feelings about what he's saying and what it meant to me. I know that he was so upset with how the fake news had infected the church after they were constantly being fed lies by the mainstream media. He's making connections between his years of research on the genetic manipulation during the times of Noah and connecting it to what is happening with genetic manipulation with the V and how it's affecting us today. Today's humans want to make their own flood, aka the Great Reset. He says, I want to know what the truth is, no matter what the cost. To me, he's saying, it doesn't matter what the outcome of the quest is, but like every great man, he would die seeking and exposing the truth. Not just with this topic, but in every quest. No matter what anyone else thought, or how much he might have been belittled, for questioning what society's reality says, to me, my dad was a hero. He was an honorable man who lived and died for his quest for truth. And I hope to do the same and would encourage everyone who is watching to let no man deceive you, to do the same and forever stay on the quest for truth, no matter what the cost. So when my dad's life was stolen from us, I refused to let his voice be silenced. And that's why I decided to do Skiba News Nation. And like I said in the first episode, I'm not my dad and I never will be. But this is how I chose to continue his legacy. And thank you guys for standing with us and for watching this and accepting me for who I am. That's, that's all I got for history. Wow, Jeremiah. That was beautiful. That was a great video. Um, you know, you're doing so great, man. I, I think your dad would be very proud of you. You've come so far with what you're doing with broadcasting and you know, that, you know, what he ended off with in that last interview with the scriptures being our compass for truth. I mean, that's right on point, man. And, uh, it's so funny that like I was talking about that earlier on in the show and then you had that whole video 
uh like saying the same stuff you know that's really cool but that's man, perfect that timing was, that was beautiful all right man well that's all i got so you ready for some memes let's do it meet me up With uh, prices being so high lately, uh, take me somewhere expensive has a whole <laughs> new meaning. <laughs> Checking out those grocery store <laughs> pricey tags. All right. Uh, with all the media and their really nefarious collusion with the NSA and, and such, uh, we have updated our privacy policy uh could metaphorically be looked at more like this. <laughs> this is what the privacy policy for Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and all that is looking like uh, in like a, a depiction form. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, we have uh, our famous news telecaster, Ron Burgundy. Experts are entirely baffled over what's been causing hundreds of athletes to suddenly collapse. But they're absolutely positive it's not what you think it is. <laughs> absolutely positive, right? Right. Oh, man. Uh, here's another one. Uh, the devil's really working today. The devil. Actually, I'm on vacation. That's all you, chief. <laughs> and uh, God is real. How can I believe you if you don't have any physical proof? And then uh, in another situation, I'm actually a woman. So <laughs> true. <laughs> That's oh, funny. man. All right. And we have not that we are keeping track or anything, but conspiracy theorists are up 37 to zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. That's all I got for today. All right. Well, thank you again for the great current news. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. And thank you guys for watching episode 31 of Skeepanese Nation. We'll see you in episode 32. And take care. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skeebanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skeebanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skeebanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you never miss an episode of Skiba News Nation. If you want to help support us, please consider becoming a Patreon where you will get exclusive content, shout-outs, and much more. And you can also support our channel by getting yourself some new Skiba News Nation merch. Thank you for coming on this journey with us as we continue to stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout-out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. Also, you can listen to Skiba News Nation podcasts on your favorite podcast platform.